The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is Thursday, midday, a couple of days before the Super Bowl waste management, or as the OGs call it, Phoenix Open underway. And uh, my dad was one of those keep quiet people at the Phoenix Open one time. I think he still has the little sign that says quiet on it. That'd be Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be a good little job. I'm Guy, that's John. Welcome. If you are watching this on YouTube, great. If you're live, great. If you're not live, great. That's the internet, who cares? Um, Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Check out our podcast down in the description below. If you're listening to the podcast, all right. Check out the YouTube in the description of the podcast. Check out our TikToks. All proceeds benefit Russell Wilson's foundation. I need to get on the board. <laughs> I want to get on the board. Highly desirable job. Highly desirable. Pays well, guy. Pays well. Mm-hmm. Man, where do we begin? I, can First I? All, let me just looking fresh. By the way, did you, did let you get me just, IV today? Uh, yesterday, and it, honestly, I feel remarkable. One feel thing, I, you know, good. I uh, I slammed a lot of beers the last couple of days. No cocktails, just because. Sometimes God love the Tito's, but you can end up drinking. You know, I, I can go from two to ten quick. So right. with beers, you just you wake up, you don't feel as you know. It just doesn't get away from me. Uh, but can I read this line More by jo- Josh Jacobs? <laughs> yes, Raiders I- Raiders running back Josh Jacobs told us he'd be okay playing on the franchise tag, but only if the team loaded up at all the other positions and added players around him. Yeah, but. If you want me to come back as a hero, you better pay me like a hero. What a line. <laughs> it's such a good line. What now, a line. What, what do you think he what makes him a hero in his mind? Just that he comes back, he's saving the Raiders, is that what he thinks? Well, like without me trucking dudes and running the ball, we got no shot. Yeah, yeah. You ain't, I, I don't know if you guys saw it. you ain't blocking for me. I'm fucking making guys miss, jumping over guys, running around guys, breaking tackles. At this point, his quarterback's Jared Stidham. The the problem, I think, for him, like, right, if he was, if Josh Jacobs was a wide receiver or a defensive tackle, you'd be like, you got to franchise tag him. The, the market, he's going to get paid. Like, if Josh Jacobs was the equivalent of a pass-rushing defensive tackle, you'd be like, is he getting $70 million guaranteed? But he's a running back. Like, what's, people would be very interested in him, 
But like, yeah, yeah, one year, fifteen million. <laughs> you know, what I, is I, the running back tag this year? I think it's like ten. Whew. A little lower than the uh, than the tight end tag, but I just I couldn't pay Josh Jacobs a three year contract. It's tough because he's. I mean, I guess you have Devontae, you have Crosby, you have some good leadership, but. It's like Christian McCaffrey's contract. If I told you he was a free agent, I wouldn't feel good about the Niners giving him the contract that he's on. But once you acquire it and you look at it, you're like, oh, you just get out of it whenever, right? It's it's much easier once you have the contract that you didn't have to pay those first couple years, right? Yeah. Because you give an enormous signing bonus if you give a guy $40, 45000000 million, and then he starts getting hurt. You just look at it differently. Because like, Josh Jacobs is easily one of the best running backs in the league, but... He doesn't get hurt a lot, but he's sweet. You know, it's we all these other positions. It wouldn't bother you, right? Well, also, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers or that type of quarter, if they have Jared Stidham or Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever draft a rookie, they need Josh Jacobs to win football games. Yeah, I think he'll be on the Raiders next year, but I bet if I was the Raiders, I would just tag him. I'm not paying him. Tag him and then give him a two year but I don't think he'd sign that, you know? Yeah, you're right. He wouldn't, he wouldn't sign two for 25. I mean, no chance. I think even though it's probably did the deal off the books, you know, like the, uh, that's, I, I don't think Mark Davis guy gets enough credit for the, uh, you know, attacking the gender equity gap in America. You he know, he, he should be celebrated, he, but he should be celebrated, taking care of, of women, uh, paying them under the table. Owners don't w- like that. Joe Smith. Wasn't that the guy? I'd say it's different in the NBA because everyone's making so much money. He's just, you know, giving Kelsey or whoever a couple hundred G's under the table. Oh, Kelsey Plum. Yeah, Kelsey Plum. Shouldn't, shouldn't that be celebrated? I mean, the, the WNBA, I mean, guy, they're flying with us in Southwest. Mark Davis is trying to Mark, take care of them. Mark's like, Southwest, good enough for me. <laughs> John, let's tell the people about our friends at DraftKing, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 50. Seven. Seven. I heard Gronk. Uh, who did I hear get it wrong the other day? Oh, what do you call it? Like Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Travis Kelsey on his podcast is like Super Bowl 56. And then he, and then uh, uh, Jason grilled him on Roman numerals and Travis didn't get it right. Their podcast with their mom and their dad is really good, by the way. I'll check it out. Uh, all the Super Bowl action is at DraftKings. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly, John. Instantly. Yep, download the DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm personally going to hammer the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Plus one and a half. I mean, you you just get Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. But obviously, it's not just football. You know, if you want to get a little live waste management, we have the NCAA tournaments. What? That's March Madness. I mean, we're in early February. Can't be that Mm -hmm. far away. So you got, you know, then March Madness, the Derby, the Masters, a lot of gambling coming up. Obviously, start with the Super Bowl, get your bankroll going, $5, and get $200 in instant uh, bonus instantly. Uh, hard to beat. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Bonus issued as bonus bets. Opt-in required for odds boost. Bet type and amount varies. Limits vary. Eligibility in terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. 
Should we do, do our picks here off the top before we dive into some other things? Yeah, why not? So I was going to have you – I was going to put it – I thought you were going to say the Eagles. Uh, bad news, we agree. And for the same logic, I think, and I told you this Monday or Tuesday, like you start thinking 10 years from now, when you look back, are you going to say, I didn't take Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in points against Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, who's a very good quarterback, but is Nick Sirianni the coach in 10 years, five years, three years? Um, Doug Peterson I, won a Super Bowl and lasted like two more years. It happens though, right? There are sometimes it just happens. The Eagles that year had Nick Foles and they won. They beat Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. If you had bet on the Patriots that year, you'd say, I can live with myself. And that's how I feel this week. I can live with myself. I also think you're getting one and a half. Like to me, the Chiefs are, even if they were to lose, losing by one and a half is more likely to me than them losing by, you know, double seven or 10. So I just getting points with the Chiefs. I also, here's the other thing. You're, the Chiefs are, what are they right now? Plus 105 money line. Uh, to me, that's the bet. Which I also, yeah. That's, to I, me, I that's like the bet. Too. To me, if the line, I, I think the only thing that would make you nervous, I don't think they could beat this Eagles team with him limping around like he did against the Bengals because it was pretty noticeable. I think it's much more likely he looks dramatically better two weeks removed from that with the you know the amount of work. My guy, Rick Burkholter the the uh the trainer but pat even like tweeted out a pic after the game uh two weeks ago of like the woman who said like she was the reason and they mm-hmm. gave her a bunch of credit you know i'm you know massaging ice baths cold baths doing who knows what to that thing do you agree do you, like i i would not if i thought i was getting that version of the limp version i wouldn't feel as confident but i think i'm getting a much more mobile not, i'm not expecting 100 but we've seen a lot of high ankle sprains uh, in our life as sports fans, and clearly they're bad. I think it's safe to say he's tough, and I give him a lot of credit for he, he, his severity was not was playable, right? Most guys like they can't play. You can't you can't move. So he had a better one, and you would think in two weeks. I've seen some videos of him at practice. Looks pretty spry. Yeah. The other thing is no boot or anything. Him going to these events, right, from the media day and stuff. I, my, my bet is really I'm confident that his health is going to be much more mobile than the guy that we saw against the Bengals, which it took a fucking miracle, you know, for them. Now the Bengals are, you probably argue they're every bit of the equal of these two teams. I mean, they are right. If you did the power rankings, uh, removing Purdy, you know, uh, the, the Bengals are damn good. So that was, that's very impressive to win like that. Neither quarterbacks a hundred percent in this game, right? Jalen hurts is also not a hundred percent. And I think the D'Amico, right, for all the talk of Niners offensive guys, all the talk has been Niners offensive guys talking about how we had the game plan to beat them. Specifically, I guess, it, you know, Debo and, and Ayuk. But the game plan to me that really stood out was the defensive game plan, was D'Amico Ryan's game plan. The we are not going to pressure and we're going to make them throw the football to beat us. And unlike the I, – well, I shouldn't say unlike the Niners – the Chiefs, we don't have an ability to get up like a 10 nothing like that. Niners have done that, too. To me, that is part of the key to the game. Like, if the Chiefs can get up 7-9, 10-nothing, and now Philly does have to throw the football, then I think Kansas City's real. I mean, obviously, they'd be in great shape. But um, the other one I like, I saw the prop I like, is Travis Kelsey over 7.5 receptions. 
like Kelsey against the Eagles linebackers or whoever he ends up matched up against with everybody else. I know we're, you know, some of these guys are getting healthy, some are not, but to me, it's kind of a Travis Kelsey play against his brother national stage. Let's just feed the big, big dog. One thing I think that's unique, right. Is the 49ers because I mean, they stole the the Niners or the chiefs best corner last year. Uh, you know, they had a guy that's, you know, was a fringe Pro Bowl level corner to go up against A.J. Brown, and he's big. The Chiefs, part of eight, uh, their quarterback being hurt, uh, Jalen Hurts, they are rolling out potentially like three to four rookies in the defensive backfield against, you know, what could be the best one-two combination. It, it was when their quarterback was healthy, right, in, you know, Devontae and, and A.J. Brown. Like, that is, I think the Eagles would go, that's, advantage us you bunch of rookies now they've been good watson and, and cook and mcduffie's now back you know he's injured earlier in the season but i i would imagine aj and Devontae are just saying just get me the ball because i will fucking be open and that's if if jalen was hurt that that would be a pretty big advantage i think for the eagles but you know last week or two weeks ago for the niners he just balls are just off i mean that that deep ball that he threw to aj brown down the sideline I mean, that was a Jimmy level miss. I mean, he missed him by a good. It wasn't like, you know, he just outstretched to the end. Like that, that was a five yard, like AJ could have leaped like Kevin Garnett up there when they got close to the ball. It was, it was because at first, you know, when the camera pans, you're like, oh my God, he's kind of open. Sure. <laughs> and, then the, and then the ball just keeps sailing. <laughs> that happened a lot in the Jimmy Garoppolo era of just like, oh, he's wide. Oh, no, no. Then they showed the replay, and it was just a straight beat. Like, A.J. Brown just beat Mooney Ward on the play. And how many that's times? That's a classic, like, on the couch fan. Like, why is he squatting? Like, that's yeah, tough. Yeah. You know, just, I don't know what the right or wrong answer is. I just know, like, there's probably 20 guys in the NFL now. It's, I would say the receiver position has never been deeper. Like, I don't know. This guy could fucking be running ins, outs. I, I We've done study. I don't know what he's going to do. You see this guy? I mean, he fucking runs like a goddamn you know, Kentucky Derby horse. He's enormous. Not an easy guy to check. No, but uh, you know, and, and maybe Jalen's healthier. Maybe he hits that throw Sunday after he missed it two weeks ago. You know, I think the I hard know, part but... with him is like, we've just, it really just hasn't been, we just haven't figured out. Like, is it just a sore bone bruise? That's going to take two months of just doing nothing. And he's not able to not throw, or is it just, is it something he's going to get surgery on? It's it's been a little cloak and dagger, I'd say, with his injury, right? Yeah, which I think is usually the case when it's when you're still playing in season, and it's not good. Sixty percent of the money on the Eagles, by the way. People like Philly. I was talking to our guy Jeff Schwartz last night. He's like, the one thing is, is just that that Eagles pass rush is. I know. I mean, they got guys. I mean, that's just that's my thing with Mahomes. And the Chiefs he, don't run the football. No, they don't. <laughs> what were you waiting? Like, I was going to be like, well, maybe this is the time. It's like, no, he's he's sixty four years old. He's been no, when you throw a ninety eight mile an hour fastball in a C plus curveball, you don't try to trick anybody with your C plus curveball. You throw your ninety eight mile an hour fastball. Beat my. You back. see the you see the clip that went viral. Like, you know, obviously there's a lot of random non sports reporters going to these like press conferences, and they ask Andy like what he puts in his coffee, and he laughs like I don't drink coffee. She's like, well, what? How do you have? She's like, uh, I'm just the rare chubby guy with a lot of energy. I just get up and go. <laughs> he had some good. He, I guess I saw people liked some burger place he shouted out in L.A. like Tommy Boy or something like that. Yeah, uh, Tommy's, Tommy's, not Tommy Boy. 
Um, Andy, what a gem! A lot of cheeseburger. We, t- me, and Schwartz talked a lot about his diet. <laughs> <laughs> like when he's the, the the personal assistant, you know, because most, I think it started with Holmgren, and all the coaches now in the NFL basically have this. You know, most coaching staffs have the quality control guy, but those guys developed the assistant to the head coach, not like the female assistant that answers the phone, but like he's like an up and coming coach, but he's usually in his mid to late twenties. Brett Veach started that way. Sean McDermott started Just that way. Film or whatever. But, but you're also like, hey, I need a snack at ten o'clock at night. You run to Seven Eleven, get him two things of Hagen Dazs coffee, and swing by McDonald's and get four cheeseburgers, no pickles. Hagen Dazs yeah. coffee, ice cream. Yeah, but you know the drink coffee, but eat coffee ice cream. He'll eat coffee ice cream. Yeah, that was the, that was the order. I think four cheeseburgers and two coffee. That's a snack. <laughs> but oh like Jeff, God. no wonder he's awake. It's sugar. Yeah, he is a big guy. You know. Yeah, we we've all seen the uh, punt pass <laughs> kick. I hope they break that out during the Super Bowl. Do you think he wins this? Has he already solidified himself as a Hall of Famer? I think he has. I actually kind of think losing the game, I'm not going to say hurts his legacy because I don't think it does. But I do think losing, it's, I don't want, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I don't want to say he's got something to lose, but he kind of, I think losing a Super Bowl is, it will be a conversation. Like how many, in the end, if he wins one championship with Patrick Mahomes, that will feel like they missed opportunities, you know? Yeah. It'll be a little Farvey Rogers, like, how's this possible? Should have been better. Because yeah. we watch you every year and you were, we thought the best, you know. Do you think he's more likely to win the one Super Bowl or four? Well, the one. I mean, the odds are just that it's the one. And the AFC is a lot harder than the NFC. Like if I told you the Chiefs next year moved to the NFC, would you be like, oh, they're gonna host the championship? I mean, they're gonna have a decent shot to host it five more straight years. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The conference is just hard. That was one thing. I highly recommend Tom Brady's last podcast from this week. It's funny because it's like Bill and like, like they don't have anybody managing the Zoom. So like Gronk just pops up like, oh, there's Gronk. <laughs> but it's not on purpose. And Gronk like has an echo and he's in the car. Gronk was they kept Gronk. They edited it down after like a minute. They just let Gronk go. They bring in Peyton and Peyton's like, you know, people forget. When Tom came in in the league, the the Colts and the Patriots were in the same division. He's like, thank God they moved us out of when then the Texans came in and they created the AFC North, but they were in the AFC East together. He was like, thank God. But then he said that when he was a free agent leaving Indy, now who knows how true this is? He's like, I had chances to go to the NFC. I mean, that part we know, like Harbaugh wanted him, could have been a Niner. He's like, I felt like I got to beat Tom one way or the other. He, he didn't say this, but he kind of said, like, I might as well man up and try and do it in the AFC. Like, stay in the AFC and just go through them there. Um, was I, saw the, I saw the clip where Peyton said that when he watches handshakes of wins and losses against Brady, but he doesn't know the individual game, he always knew if the helmet was on, he lost. Helmet's off, he's he won and wants everyone to see his face. One thing Brady can do. Or no handshake with Foles. I, I mean, Brady really is doing it on his podcast because I, I got news for you. Like, I'm just not going to listen to him and Jim Gray talk. Th- but they have guests nonstop. They that's what I'm saying. Their, their, their ability to land the sweet, like, literally, who could he ask that would say no to him? Like, could nobody? It, I mean, if like he'd nobody get Tiger Woods no. and Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, so nobody it's like, would say no. 
Michael Jackson, if he was alive, like, there, there's nobody he's not landing. His no, guest list is unlimited. Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, this is John from uh, the Let's Go podcast. Tom wanted me to hit you. Uh, if you need him to send you a text, he says, no problem. He's just yeah. he's busy right now with his kids. Could you hop on next week? Yeah. Oh, Tom, that's Tom Brady. Welcome to the show. Tom's actually out sick. Guy's filling in. <laughs> oh, sorry. I uh, can't make. Yeah, we're going to, it's going to, the show's going to open with, uh, with uh, Barack Obama, and then we're going to get Belichick, and you'll be the third guest on the, uh, on the show. Yeah. Coach Would that work Gay. for you? <laughs> yeah. Let, yeah. It's Coach Shashevsky, Tiger, and then we were just seeing, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson. Could you, could you make it? Bill was really good. Bill. They were really good together. One thing Bill said, I, I sent you the clip. Bill was talking about how Tom, like, he made his teammate. When they had bad offensive lines against good pass rushes, they just got the ball out quicker. And I was like, oh, that's a novel concept. Well, do you remember Bill when he hosted the uh, the, NFL the 100. top 100 players? And it, sometimes they talk. He's like, God, we just really overthink this. You know, we just try to do what we do well against what they do poorly, and what they do well, we try to like somehow mitigate and just neutralize it a little bit, and then force them into things they don't do well. This isn't like it's basic concepts from like war. Like you don't attack where their strengths are, you attack where their weaknesses are. Like this is the basic premise of the sport. He's like know? Dwight Freeney was really good, so we got rid of the ball fast, so Dwight couldn't get to Tom. <laughs> everyone that's always made fun of Bill always uses like simple things that he says. And everyone's like, Oh, this guy's a genius. I think he would probably tell you most of our shit is might be some complexity to it. Even Debo Samuel, I saw said yesterday, like we run the same play just out of 700 looks. He's like, we have a go-to pass route. You know, that over route that we love, we can just run it out of literally every formation. Oh, I know <laughs> they, the route Debo, <laughs> but and just think about it. Like, most teams have like the go-to place. The yeah. Chiefs forever with with. I mean, Kelsey. It feels like has the little right across the middle, sitting in the zone, and yeah. then he immediately does left or right, like the quick turnaround, and you miss the tackle, and he goes up. They've been doing that for a decade now. Tyreek Hill had goes and posts that they consistently hit, or that like quick screen where they kind of just let him break out. But he's not like it's. You've been running the same plays with these guys for fucking ever. And for whatever reason, people still don't know what's coming. Obviously, it's harder than that. Well, but. I think it's a lot. It's like I think pitching is a great analogy here, right? Pitchers don't have eight pitches. Like the guy with six pitches has too many pitches. I've got three pitches. You just don't know which one I'm throwing when. And the idea in pitching is kind of similar to football, right? It's going to all look the same coming out of my hand. Yeah. But it might be the cutter. It might be the fastball. It might be the changeup. It might be the fastball. That's it. Might be the slider, it might be the fastball. That's it. Like you think about some of the most dominant pitchers in the history of the sport, they're not five pitch guys, right? Well, how how many pitches did but like, I'm gonna Greg Mad pitch. would Greg Maddox have? A fastball that kind of moved in an off speed pitch, like that's in just location, location, location. Pedro. Pedro. Yeah, I mean, didn't you know the greatest closer of all time literally just kind of throw one pitch, one pitch? But but I guess Bill's thing would be it's simple. It just it's. It's diff even though it's simple, it's different every week, right? Yeah. Well, that's where in football, like ultimately in baseball, I can locate my pitch, but it's coming out of my hand. In football, I can dress up things like against Jalen Hurts, right? I could have one guy at the line of scrimmage, everyone standing up. Like you could do all, you know, the spags. Remember when he took out the Patriots, it was like the amoeba. <laughs> no one ever see because he'd have all the defensive ends like lined up four guys on the field at once. Yeah. 
But ultimately, it's like, I think Bill would say, well, yeah, okay, instead of having a defensive tackle, they put Strahan over the guard. He's still just rushing up the field. Like, the concept is the same once the ball is hiked. It's not like he's he's going to jump over my guy or, you know, run around to the right. Like, he's still going forward, Yep. you know. Just follow your blocking assignment. I think that, you know, there's just an element of surprise in football. Like, part of going back to Ward, that play where Antonio Brown, he's like, well, against that look, we have seen them run uh, an out route, let's just say, 80% of the time, you know, or whatever. I'm sure they had scouted it. And the Eagles also, as part of self-scouting yourself, they think you're going to run an out route here. And this is, I think, what, people like football so much that element of like, damn, how they get it. And then the way they describe it after, like we knew he'd sit on the route because that's what we've been doing. So we implemented that on Friday night and it worked, but if it works great, everyone's talking about what if, what if wasp doesn't work overthrows at the Niners when Peter King never writes that sweet thing, you know, post about wasp post against the holding call. Yeah. Which let's get ready for this. They're just not really calling that, which I'm cool with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool uh, with letting him play more than blowing the whistle a lot I agree. in these big games. I agree. Uh, okay, John, before the Super Bowl, we have to tell our annual Radio Rose story. If you're new to the show, as many people are in the last year, they may be new. You have not heard. Probably what started, I don't think it was the first domino necessarily, but... The reason we have one of the reasons we now do a podcast. Well, it had originally started, I think, during the fall uh, to be nicer and to, to be better with your partners, a.k.a. the Raiders. So fall I, of 2015, I was already under the microscope about we being worked at a ni- radio station together. We did a radio show together. Let's set it up for the real people. Yeah. Pretend that people are brand new. We had the Raiders on the station, yep. and your boy here did the Raiders post game, and I think that they were always happy with me, very passionately. And they were losing a lot, so we were just speaking to the people. I, I just represented the people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, independently. It's not like I grew up some Raider fan. Just watch good football, and we'd celebrate it. They lost a lot, and we just had some takes. And I was told to, you know, come back. Their su- the new deal was on the horizon, even though. At the time, the Raiders and historically don't actually make you that much money. So it was weird. You know, I'm, you know, I went to college. I, I can do the math. It's like, well, what are we doing? You know, this is not the Yankees or the Giants here. Why, why are we so beholden to something that's not even working? Yeah. Uh, and we were working like our radio show. As I saw the guy that hired us last night at the party, he's like, Jason, the beginning of the end, and it might have been an ego stroke, was you guys were crushing it. And they came in and they got rid of one of the foundational building blocks of the station. JV said that. Yeah, and uh, the polos, yeah. So, yeah, so let's tell the story. So, Fire the, away. So the Bay Area hosted the Super Bowl in 2016. And Radio Row, Broncos Panthers. Broncos Panthers. Radio Row was in downtown San Francisco. It was basically right across the street from our radio station at the time. Yeah. For people that know San Francisco, that's third, like third and, what is that, Her- uh, not Harrison, uh, whatever it is, Folsom. And um, the radio uh, station, the boss, made polo shirts with the station logo on it that he wanted everybody to wear. Your basic Nike black polo shirt with the uh, logo on the, the logo. you know, over the chest. Yeah. And it, I don't remember how we knew. But I feel it was like clear. you were more into like, 
you wanted to dress in the not that I was pro the collar shirt. You were adamant you weren't wearing that. Thing. Why? Do you remember why? I just I think by then we thought the guy was such a loser and had no clue what he was doing. He didn't. But and and it was just an easy one. We just refused. But I remember I think no one else was, was wearing them. I don't know. Yeah, somehow we knew that like nobody else was going to wear them. And so I don't know why nobody else was going to wear them. I just know that I didn't. When you go to Radio Row, you go, you want to walk around, especially then, you know, uh, you want to like hobnob and meet people and introduce yourself to people and that sort of thing. And I didn't want to be wearing a radio logo polo shirt, not so much about the logo, but I just thought it was such a sloppy, like classic lazy. You were anti it more. Again, I I was not like pro wearing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to look like you're just your run of the mill radio guy. I wanted to look. That's this. I'm just telling you how I thought. That's how I felt. I'd done years of radio just wearing the polo shirt. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, to look good. And um, we knew under no circumstance Greg Papa was putting on a polo. So that's. Well, that, that was another story from that, right? Didn't Greg have a blow up at that radio room? Yeah, he told the guy to shut the fuck up and get the fuck away from me, I think, uh, <laughs> verbatim. So uh, did we. So we showed up not wearing the shirts, I think, the first yeah. day. And it became an even bigger thing. How dare you guys? I, I can't honestly. It's even talking about it. It's so low level and so stupid. It is so. I, I, anyone that's working in corporate America that has to do dumb things. I. I th- there is no dumber feeling than like. Sometimes you got to be a good team player, and there's part of things you know, like you got to show up to events or whatever. But there, there, there's a line always that is like, this is so unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, and that was part of it. It's just we didn't. There, in other circumstances, we probably would have put them on with no problem. But in this circumstance, we just weren't going to do it. Well, if Belichick tells you, like, you got to wear the team sweats, you wear the team sweats. Yeah. If Freddie Kitchens tells you to wear the team sweats and you've never worn the team sweats and you know that, like, you don't need to wear the team sweats, it's hard to fathom putting on the team sweats. There, I don't remember. Was this before or after? There was a general area, a bullpen, an area with all open seating where management wanted us to prep for our, They wanted us to sit there. They cared where we prepared our show. They wanted us in that area. We used to be in rooms in offices where we would just be ourselves and then Close go the door to the, and just yeah. talk. Yeah. And we just kept refusing. We just kept going to the offices in the one little office in the office. It was just an empty office. So one day we roll in and they had removed all the desks and computers and put this humongous round like conference table in there that took up the entire little office. There's no room. And they removed the chairs. <laughs> so we got chairs and we went in there and sat there anyway. So, you know, very passive aggressive and immature. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. But, we got a little um, Kyrie Kevin Durant in us. That's part know. of why we're here. Yeah, that's that's part of why we're here today. It was all great. It worked. We we believed that we were doing things. That were, and I think, um, you know, we were vindicated. Are being vindicated. Continue. Yeah. Every day I wake up thinking about it, John. <laughs> What drives me? I'm like Montana thinking about Steve Young. Yeah, I mean, fuck. No, I remember it all with joy. So anyway, that was the. I think we ended up putting on the shirts. We got we we felt like God. Are we just malcontents? We threw the shirts on, and yeah, it was a life lesson for me. And I, I honestly, I mean, I not like I didn't butt heads like, even when I like worked in the NFL and stuff. Like I, I'm just not a great. My my natural reaction is not just to be the sheep. Like it's, it's always to be like kind of bark back 
Just give me a, especially when and it's not- been like that since I was a little kid with my parents. Like it, yeah. it's it's ingrained in me. It's you know it's I I didn't thrive in, in 2020 and 21. Like I, I'm not good at being told what to do when I think it's fucking beyond moronic. Give me a reason. You know, I, I, oh. I I I have some like there are some relatable qualities. I'm not saying I'm them, but like there are parts of Kyrie and, and Aaron Rodgers every once in a while. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not improbable that I would. Now, I'm not sitting in a dark room or fucking, you know, tweeting about stupid documentaries, but there, I, I do, I understand the pushback of like, fuck you, you know? Yeah, it's why, you know, my biggest mistake in terms of like identifying a quality I liked in a guy and then going all in on the guy was believing Jay Cutler was a great player. And in hindsight, it was just because I loved that that he would i loved how spiteful he was sometimes i appreciated that about him like i was telling somebody a buddy of mine yesterday like i read this the joe montana wright thompson article is fen- phenomenal i haven't finished yet because it's really long but it's really good and joe is sometimes very bitter like even his wife and it says like yeah he's i thought she said he's never been happier well, he's well, very. I saw, I saw. I saw a video of. There, like, it's it's know. a really good article because sometimes Joe, like his wife, is like, "There's three Joes." This is what Jennifer says, and I can tell the Joe that's like going to a dark place. I'm like, "Hey, man, come back." He starts thinking about, you know, he should have had five, two more Super Bowls, or Tom Brady didn't play in his era, and Tom isn't the goat, and you know all this kind of stuff. And I, I was telling a buddy last night, like, I appreciate for a guy that has it all that he. This is what, like, when McCaffrey said, I hope both teams lose. Like, I appreciate a guy who, like, he's life is good. But there's just still some shit that gets him going. Like, I appreciate that. You know, even if it's imperfect. We're, we're all imperfect. And um, no matter how much money or how much fame or whatever, Joe's still pissed about something that really offended him. And you'd like to say, let it go and move on with your life. That's the good way to do it. But it's very human to be like, no, I'm not going to let that one go. And there's a balance, right? Like you ultimately like Tom Brady, clearly he told coward in the interview, basically like, did you ever start? Like once you started becoming the goat, everyone's calling you that probably about within the last five years, how that impacted, you know, whatever your career and your work ethic and everything. He's like, there was still enough negativity. Not that I necessarily needed it, but it doesn't hurt. You know, when you read some of this stuff, but he could always balance it like Tom. Tom never feels like a negative Nancy. You know, like some of the, like Greg Norman, for example, historically like vengeful. This whole thing with Liv, like has never gotten over it. Like there's a point where it's like, do you need to do this? Like your life's clearly like, when do you tap out? And I've known some people that like their parents are successful and you just get to the point, like what's the age where it's like, we've made it, man. It's okay. I do and I think some it's just the way you're wired and it's been like that. Like I'm not changing. You're not changing, you know, like how I'm at 38 in terms of the, like the way my brain is wired and the way I react to certain things is probably never going to change. So the day I'm buried. Also, if you, you know, when you, when you succeed, you're like, this is what got me to that. So why would I change that now? And it's, that's where the transition from, especially pro athletics where there's a physical nature to the game. Right. One yeah. thing was when you remember the Peacock Montana doc, like his kids didn't realize like he really like, didn't how hard he had to work to be the quarterback in Notre Dame, like that his high school coach was benching him. Didn't like him. The high school coach didn't like him because his dad was like in his ear, Joe's dad. Um, 
high school coach would like bench him. High school coach called said like no one from the hometown likes him. Gave an interview one time where he said that. <laughs> uh, and Joe actually made up with him. But remember that clip like uh, at the father son when Charlie's like, I didn't know my dad could still play this good. And Tiger's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, like who are you? And you just get to the point where you start being removed for so long. Like Tiger's still 45. Joe Montana's 66. So he is so far. You and I, we're closer to 40 than we are 30. And I do not remember one Joe Montana real pass. So think about all the people younger than us. And in his mind, he's going, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, okay, let's Tom Brady. He might have eclipsed me. But I'm arguing with every other quarterback to ever play this game that it's me. You know, all you 28-year-olds blowing Rodgers, Manning. Like, I'm Joe freaking Montana. Yeah. You know, yeah. and there would be until you die. You, I don't care who you are. You could never be like, even John Elway probably walks around like, I don't know if, are, are enough people talking about me? Like, probably not. But I throw you, on some YouTube clips. Yeah, yeah. I think there's probably some like you get, even though it looks 100 percent angry. There's some pleasure in being able to take that form and that mindset. Also, like one thing about Joe that like there might be an element of Elway. Like, yeah, they never thought about benching what benching me. Like, I I, I just quit after I went. Yeah, they didn't run him out. He ran out on top, right? As a Bronco, and it's like Joe, I was I was always the starter. Like J- Joe did. His career, when you if we just go through the top like ten guys, they were trying to replace him like since the late eighties. Six years, Steve Young was there. <laughs> so it's like, you and know, Walsh had promised him he was about to be the starter, and then Joe just wouldn't die. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came for the doctor. They said they told me I got to shave. I said gotta get two more like it. And I sent him the Lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin-safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time to top it off the performance package throws in two free gifts boxers 2.0 and the new toiletry bag so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code ham at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping manscaped.com code ham when things get hairy make sure to call on manscaped in clutch time get on the prize picks app just like me and use the code ham 50 for a first deposit match of up to 100 football season's over But hoop season is getting hot, tournament season, or the fight for playoff home court. There's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, Not not feeling great about Shohei less than 38.5 right now, but... I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then 
I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I got to tell you about the Eufy video lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy video lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, video lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the 3-in-1 video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, I, I I just feel if I if I had accomplished the, the peak of the height of like a Montana, when I got into my 60s, I probably would... I just want to remind some people. Like, let's throw out another documentary. And well, let's and put it on, what let's put it on ABC. Then I put it by yeah. a paywall. Yeah. That's kind of what's happened where Joe's gotten back kind of in the spotlight. Well, my, my, Michael did that, right, in, with the documentary. He's like, green light it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's show, let's show these motherfuckers. Just a little quick reminder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, are the 49ers sore losers, John? Uh you, you mentioned Jeff Schwartz. He texted us some quotes yesterday. I've, I've had a couple different buddies. One texted me the other day after Ayuk. One texted me this morning. Just just football fans. Like one guy today was like, why won't Debo stop talking? They're doing interviews. Uh, obviously, that's a part of it. Christian McCaffrey said earlier this week, it sucks. I wish you would have had a healthy quarterback. It just feels like something was stolen from you. I hope both teams lose. I watched it. What He, didn't, he wasn't saying the win was stolen. He was saying the opportunity was stolen. But still. Uh, Debo Samuel, multiple interviews. Here's a call, here's a little sampling of some of the things Debo said, the radio row. Uh, we knew when we lo- lost both QBs, what are we going to do? I wish we'd taken one more QB into the game, and it probably would have been a different outcome. So Debo thinks with a third quarterback, they could have won the game. Um, he also said, in the nicest way, Debo, who? who? Like, <laughs> I, those two thoughts actually were not connected. He just thinks they could have won. Put it on your pro personnel hat. Can you give me a name? Because I saw that quote. I was like, Who's the third guy, Debo? <laughs> uh, Debo said, in the nicest way, we didn't really get to sh- see how good the Eagles' defense was, if that makes sense. We had them schemed up, and we had them dialed up. He went on to say in another interview, we were going to attack their DBs all game long. They're quick to trigger on certain stuff that they see on film. So we had stuff out of what we know that we knew they would bite on. Uh, and then he went into some some specifics. So are the 49ers sore losers? I think they're getting lumped. I talked to Schwartz last night. Like, I, I think people that think that feel like they're speaking like this, and the game was a missed field goal at the end. Remember when uh, when the Bears kicker clanked it and then went on Good Morning America like the next day? Like how you know, th- there's a le- level of like you lose a fair and square game. Th- I don't think they would be talking like this. They they would be mad that they. I, I just think this is the most unique thing we've ever seen. Debo said that not just Kyle, who's 43, his father, who's 75, told him, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. Now, yeah. I, if you wanted to push back and point the finger at the Shanahan family, we can do some of that on the way that all transpired. I just like one apology. But I, I, I don't view this as just a normal loss. Now, that does not, I also think that they're not saying like we would have won. If they said that, I'd be like, yeah, I don't just don't. They're just saying we just wanted a fair shot because I think they think that their game plan was fucking sweet. That's what they believe. And they talked, Debo mentioned that. I saw McCaffrey mentioned that. Defensively, clearly they had, I, I talked to a buddy on the Eagles. It was like, yeah, they had a pretty like dropping those guys back. It was the opposite. Remember when they got blown out by the Chiefs? It's like, why do they keep running up the field? They, they stopped. They did the opposite of that, and it was throwing the Eagles off. It was 7-7. I saw Portnoy was like, I'd be bitter. Like, the game was tight. This wasn't like 
every, everyone acting, you know, 31-7. Yeah, I mean, it became that when no one could throw. And Josh Johnson dropped a fucking fumble. But it was 7-7, like, n- not that far away from halftime. Yeah, dropped a snap. <laughs> Fumbled a snap. Now, it, it was 14-7, to like the Eagles had scored. The Eagles are good. The, the other thing is no one's acting like the Eagle people. To me, the players are not talking like the Eagles weren't some legit foe. They were like, they're a legit foe. We were a legit foe. We just wanted our shot, and we didn't get it. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's I been, get how it sounds like, but I actually don't because it's not. they're not acting like this is a normal loss, you know? I do get how it sounds, but uh, because it does, it has veered a little close to we were going to win. Like Debo and Ayuk think like they were going to win because they think the game in their minds, the game didn't get played and well, they hadn't, they the hadn't lost. They hadn't lost in 13 games. Yeah. Going into the game, they thought they were going to win. And in their minds, the game didn't get played. Here's what I would say. And what I have said to people, it's been a week and a half. Like, to me, you're allowed to still be wearing it emotionally a week and a half later. The 49ers are in mourning, and I and that's allowed. I do think big picture, they better not spend their whole offseason thinking they were just unlucky, though. Like, I don't think it'd be healthy for them to, by the time we get to next season, they're still walking around thinking they should have won the Super Bowl. I don't think that's a good way to process it either. Like, big games, and the Niners have played a bunch of them, come down to one or two big plays that we remember. Last year, the NFC Championship game, Kwaski tart not intercepting a ball. The Super Bowl against the Chiefs, a missed throw to Emmanuel Sanders, and a big throw made by the Chiefs. The NFC title game that they just played in actually was no different in the sense that it just happened that the one big play happened in the first quarter instead of the fourth quarter. But they ran the play. They called the play. They ran it poorly. And it failed, which is exactly what happened when they ran the ball to Emmanuel, threw the ball to Emmanuel Mosley. They called the play. They ran the play. They failed on the play. They lost the game. It just so happened that the big play this time was early, not late. But they did. This wasn't like some. They tried to kick a game-winning field goal. It hit Jerry Jones's big board, and they had to re-kick it, and then they missed it. Like they ran a play, a legal play. Nobody cheated. Nobody got away with a penalty. And the play they ran failed because they failed. So I, so I, a hundred, I got no problem with anything they've said. To me, it's, it's not sore loser category. But I also, I think it's a little dangerous to spend your whole offseason thinking, like we got screwed. Maybe you lost and you should have had. I hope they don't process it as, like, yeah, we should have won the Super Bowl, and then, oh well, we're unlucky. Woe is me. Maybe it can be a motivating fact. But to, to me, though, I th- this is you know you're paying a head coach twelve to fifteen million dollars. Like by the time training camp comes, it's it's on him to kind of set the message and and just restart it. So like I, I am putting that on the coach. Like ultimately, it's coach player. Like you're kind of led by the message, and, and Kyle's good at that. Like I, I'm I'm fine. Or like I, I'm pretty confident that he'll be able to you know get that. They also play the Eagles next year you that's know good. i think it's in san francisco too or santa clara or whatever but yeah that's i got no problem with it i'm just that's just my warning and i think you're probably right but that would be my warning like use it as motivation that you feel like you should have won the super bowl not an excuse i, I think the, the, the here's the thing though and this is a natural uh just part of the sport is and, and bosa talked about this after like what sucked is like 
this team's never going to be this team again. Yeah. Right. In football, in baseball, you could roll back a roster, like have a loss in the NLCS and 24 of the 25 guys are back on your squad. Like in football, there's at minimum 25, 30%. And we've already seen the list of free agents and there's just a natural, you know, implementation of guys that you draft. I got 75 third round picks and some random undrafted free agents. And then who knows, maybe Danny Gray emerged. Like you just get new elements of the team every year. Right now, your core guys are the core guys, and those you're going to win the Super Bowl or not because ultimately, right? Trent, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Fred, Armstead, like that, that, that you're going to go as they go. But Omenahu is now Drake Jackson, you know, Elijah Mitchell, maybe he's just never anything, and Ty Davis Price emerges. Maybe they trade Juwan Jennings for something, and Danny Graham, or you know, it's just that's Michael Ryan's is gone. Maybe they fucking one of their third round picks, they take. Grammatica's son. He's their new kicker. You just have all these. It's just a natural. Wait, is there a Grammatica son? No, that'd be cool. Oh. I just, <laughs> I didn't know. You know. I tried to make a funny that was joke a good, no, that's kicker, good. but that's just the only thing. I, but like, there's a chance like Robbie Gold's not there. Like they're they just core elements like Jimmy Ward. Like they were just, Deshaun Gibson said that Hufunga is like his favorite human alive. Like, does that mean you're just going to resign for a million? You see the, that quote? No, I didn't. So I, you know, it just. I think they'll be fine. Ultimately, they're going to win and lose because of health, right? When they're healthy, clearly they are a Super Bowl contender. Like we that that information set. When they're healthy, their organization now finding new guys. Like they now have proven a couple straight years of just being able to plug holes, random guys. Obviously, that there's a level of like 19's defensive lines better than this one, but still, like this one's more than good enough, right? They they can just find part of like the pass rushers that you would like to be a little bit better opposite. They're kind of random, you know, Arden keys and trading for a men who's and right. they're, they're getting the scrap heap, you know, and they've shown that it works. Yeah. They, they've been a, they've had a really high level to me, two year run from a team building personnel, making moves. Like if, if they were, a, if they were a baseball operation, they'd be like, this fucking operation is rolling. Say what you want about the Dodgers. They, like, listen, I, I talked to the guy, Don Martin, who runs, he's in charge of Fox Sports now, but like one of his main stations is the main LA one with Petros and whatever that has the Dodgers money. And, and we were just talking that like, you know, it sucks. They never win the World Series, but they're such a cash cow for the 162 games. Now they're so relevant on their inventory and baseball is unique that way. Like, yeah, we'd love them to win the World Series, but if they get bounced in the, you know, that game of five, those 162 games of winning 110 of them every year is so valuable. And it's why everyone around the sport goes, Dodgers are a high-level operation, right? Baseball, there's an element of luck to win it. But like every like this year, are the Dodgers not going to win 105? What's their over-under? If it's not over 100, that to me is crazy. Like it's going to be like, really high. Wasn't it massive? Remember last year, wasn't it like 111 or something Pro- crazy? Probably. I mean, which they would have uh, they would have got over. Like the well, Niners, I, I'm very confident the Niners – are a playoff team next year. Now, to me, winning, there, there's elements of who you're playing and the health. Yeah. In a weird way, if you are the if you almost win it a lot, it still makes you a great story, right? The Dodgers are still a great story. In some ways, they're a, a better story in the big picture if they're not winning it because they're everyone roots against, you know, everyone else's fans root against them, but they're in the games, and it's kind of a, uh, they're a good character in the big, they're our main character. But here's what the, also the 49ers have. Like they just haven't got it yet, you know. And there's, I, I think Joe Burrow has this. It honestly speaks to me of like Kelsey, Chris Jones, and Mahomes. Like 
those guys already won one, and they every year it feels like they're just fucking clawing for another one. Like they're well, addicted to getting that other one. To Donna Kelsey, is it Donna? I think so. Yeah, yeah, she's very funny. Did Aunt she ever get the nod to flip the coin, or that's not? I don't know what happened there. She actually doesn't feel like that's happening. Faster. They they spent a lot of time on if you had to, if you, who are you rooting for, and she wouldn't answer, and she was like, well, that's like saying if me and dad were out on a boat and one of us was drowning and you had to save one, who would you save? And they're both like, we'd save you. We'd save mom. Sorry, <laughs> they were both like hockey players growing up. Yeah, I think they were some troublemakers. <laughs> they were, they were, they were, I mean, they are anyway, good pod, but um, was I, knew, I knew that pod would be successful. Oh, but the point is like, she would good call. The point is it was like the fact that before they, I even knew it was an option. The, the fact that they're both already won a championship makes it easier for everybody to enjoy, as opposed to if only one of them had won and the other one hasn't won. It feels like for both of them, it's really easy to be in the moment because they've already got that monkey off their back. Now it's about gravy. Whatever picture they get at the end of the game, that's one like when they embrace. Yeah. You blow that thing up and you put that in both their homes, right? Yeah. That's a, To me, that's going to be... Whoever can get that, like the AP photographer, I think that has an opportunity, especially if it's an all-time game, to be like an iconic NFL pick of their embrace. Don't you think? Yeah. Kelsey calls her mommy still. And Jason's Travis? like – Or Travis, yeah. And Jason was like, Mom, are you going to be on the field after the game? She's like, well, that depends who wins. Jason got me – field, or Travis got me field passes. You didn't get me field passes. So if the Chiefs win, I will be on the field. Very, I mean, very good. Anyway, uh, George Kittle made it perfectly clear today, John, on Von Miller's podcast, how the 49ers locker room feels. Uh, he was very, I think, sympathetic to Trey Lance's plight. He said Trey hasn't really gotten a shot. He got a monsoon game, and then he got hurt. But Kittle said, with Brock, our offense has been operating at the highest level it's operated since probably 2019. And then he said twice, it's Brock's job to lose. Yeah, which, listen, he's healthy. He's the starting quarterback come training camp. I think the only question is <clears throat> one angle, that assuming Brock's ready to go when training camp starts, is there even like a rep split? Like, is it like a three to one or is it just 100% Brock and he's just the number twos? I mean, that's a long way to go because he's going to get all the reps. Yeah. Now, granted, OTAs are kind of a joke. And I think it's pretty clear, like, Debo's not going to be there, right? Trent won't be there. Uh, I, I, you probably will be, but McCaffrey, I, I would say, is probably 50-50. I'll make a prediction. They split reps, and part of it is Shanahan, who claimed that after six months, he was really happy because Purdy will be full go. They'll say, we're taking it a little easy with Brock's shoulder. And it's an easy way to get to split the reps. And even if he's a hundred percent, you might do it anyway. But what's one thing that doesn't split reps? It's not how no. it works. No. I, I think it'll be very whatever field work they get with the team environment and whoever's there will be like if because clearly Trey last year was a little hit or miss, right? I think In practice I, you're saying you, you well, you and I and most people tried to be optimistic with it, but it was not like really crisp. And regardless what anyone on the outside said, all that mattered was internally they were nervous. 
where can he just get to a point where it's like, God, he's a lot better than he looked last year. If that's the point, because if it's the same, then I think they immediately just go to the one, two formula where it's all uh, whenever he's fully ready to go. Right. If it's the same situation as last year, they would just go to the one, two formula. If he's healthy, if he's gotten better, like let's just see you compete, which we talked about. I I don't think if it's, if it, the ball is flying all over the place that he's just getting reps once, once like training camp starts with Debo and I, you assuming the shoot, one guy's elbow can, you know, maintain. I think when we talk about compete for Trey, it's not in a 50-50 or you can go take Brock's job as the starter. I think it means compete to me means just put yourself in position. Even Brock said, I watched his interview with our guy Mike Yam on NFL Network, or even Trey said, he said Brock played too well to not have a spot. Now, did he mean the starting spot? I mean, he didn't really specify that. Um Shout out but, to Mike Yam. I mean, he plays a big role. I see him all the time on NFL Network. Yeah. Crushing it. But um, even, he, you know, I, I, I think that Kittle quote is representative. Like, if you're Kyle, the starting quarterback job is so representative of team leadership. Like, the quarterbacks are almost required to be a leader, whether they're a leader or not, which leads to some guys pretending to be leaders, which is pretty transparent. But the quarterback position is just so different than every other. There, Steve Young had a good quote in the Wright Thompson article about Joe Montana, in which he said, "If you get a bunch of like the, if you get like the ten best quarterbacks in a room together, everyone's going to get kind of itchy about like how do we compete, how do we prove who is the best guy in this group." And it reminded me of my buddy uh, Evan, who played in the NFL, who's always told me like quarterbacks are just like they're different because they think everybody is looking at them all the time, even when people aren't. He always compares them to like the pretty girl in the group. They just always think it like centers around them because a lot of this stuff does act. They're so used to it for years. Like you are placed in the center of the room and you are made a leader before you've ever done anything. That's just the way of the position. But Brock's done something here. Brock's been a leader and Brock's been a winner. And I just don't think Kyle can look into the eyes of his nine man captain <clears throat> council and split reps between the two quarterbacks. I, I just don't think he can do it. Well, I'd expect next year, assuming health, Brock Purdy to be a team captain, wouldn't you? I would. The way these guys talk about him. Yeah. And, and Trey, you know, was thrust into it, which – and he's talked about it. I, I think he, you know – I actually think he probably grew a lot this year of just emotional – I mean – he came from a small school. He got handed $35 million. And, you know, I would say historically, like he was a unique prospect, but it's quarterback inflation, right? Like should gas cost $7.50? Probably not, right? Should Trey Lance have been the number three pick? Based on like recent memory of like you had a draft historically in the draft, like the 90s, the guy probably goes in like a third round, right? So it's just, th- there's an element of, it's just pretty crazy what gets thrown upon you these days. Uh, and rightfully so. I mean, it's just part of if, if, cause if he does turn out to be it, it's well worth it. But as we've seen, like most guys do not, cause it's just, it's very difficult to begin with. Even if you are prepared, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard. And I'm not, I don't know if the money necessarily like changes who you are. And it feels like from a character standpoint, they have no issue, but they're, we're all human beings. Right, you're probably in your in your head. You're like, get all this money guaranteed, 
you know, you're just like, I'm the quarterback, but then you weren't the quarter. It's just, it, it, it's been, it's been a weird situation. Yeah. And I, there's no way to avoid it. Like, I think they, 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 their mindset was right on all these moves, whether the actual players were the right picks or not, time will tell, but it's just, until you just get a guy like it was weird with Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz for that first year, right? So things just get things are weird until you just Jalen's our guy. Now it's do you know what's not weird? The Jalen Hurts Gardner Minshew relationship. Like it's just the hierarchy set. Because and the Jaylen 49ers, I think, and, and but until like, didn't he, allow, there's there can't be an argument, right? Well, he's just clearly the starter. Like there's right. just the Niners, and even going into next year, I mean, they're they're gonna be one of the biggest conversations in the league. Their quarterback hierarchy. Yeah, and they just were probably even a year away. Even if Brock's playing, like he's going to have to establish that he can play the entire year healthy. Can he? Can he continue to play at a high level? Like, is he going to just throw thirty-two touchdowns? Like, it's just ultimately Jalen went from like you know this year that they still got some picks. Like, could they take a guy to like he's in the MVP conversation? So he like Jalen coming into this year. You would argue the Eagles hierarchy coming into this year before week one of 2022, their hierarchy big picture was not set. And he has just validated it like kind of, hey, guys, I'm the fucking quarterback here. And you listen, uh, one thing I've always seen is those Kelsey clips of him talk like Jason Kelsey, who pretty clear, like Jason Kelsey wanted to be like a GM in the league. I mean, hell, he's helps. He helps the Eagles evaluate offensive linemen. So it's like he loves the guy. And he's he's at a front row seat of like high level guys that probably overachieve like a Foles, an underachieving in a weird way Carson Wentz to like Michael Vick like he's seen it all, and it's like this is the dude man. Now it doesn't mean he doesn't have some flaws or whatever. Most guys do. That's that's part of it too. And I got to do a better job of this. Like when you talk, most guys like Mahomes is an all time outlier. Mahomes is even outlier relative to Joe Burrow. Like Mahomes can do things that Joe can't physically, right with his arm. Yeah. And obviously, Joe is still in that high tier, but like, there's always going to be playoff mistakes. Even he's imperfect, right? One hundred percent. I mean, Michael Jordan missed some shots, but I think like, if you don't historically, like, if you don't have Elway, Montana, or Marino, it doesn't mean that you can't have a really, really successful team and just operation, right? Like, it's not like those guys won the title or just. They just had the market. Like, they were the only people that could win 11 games every year. Like, you can yeah. be really, really successful. Your margin is just small. Your margin for error is just smaller if you don't have one of those guys. 100%. Um, I do think, and I thought you and I did a, a separate video about this that didn't end up on the podcast feed on Wednesday, which you can go watch if you want. But I thought Trey handled himself really well doing the interviews Wednesday. He seems like he's got a good outlook and mindset on it. I think what Kittle said was really good. Like, one of my big picture thoughts this offseason is going to be, and it seems like they're on the right page. Um, like I don't think I, I, I don't think it benefits anybody to to think or talk about Trey like he can't become the 49ers starting quarterback one day. He's very young still. He's 22, 23 in May. As long as he's on their team and he's going to be on their team, there's a real possibility that he becomes their quarterback by injury if nothing else. And Brock Purdy's played half a football season. So let's, I, I believe in Brock Purdy, Brock should be the starter, but let's see him truly take the reins of being a starting quarterback before we say Trey Lance can't 
be the 49ers quarterback again. And maybe it happens not because he's great in like in the Jalen Hurts situation. Maybe it happens just because the other options aren't. But it doesn't benefit them at all to give up on Trey publicly or privately internally. Like that's what I would tell all these guys just for the way they think. Like, guys, you might need Trey Lance again. The odds are actually good that you're going to need Trey Lance again. So I would, I would say it's pretty clear, though, they're not giving up on him in the sense of like no one's saying like he's got to go or no, they, you know, no, no, no. And I, it'd be crazy if they did say that. But I, I don't think it's healthy for them to even to, to think of him as anything other than the guy that might be starting a big game for them in 2023. That might, I, 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 I do think he survived. Like, let's just say Brock Purdy doesn't get injured. They beat the Eagles and they win the Super Bowl. I, I think there's probably a much greater opportunity. You just, you basically just, cook the books for him and you trade Trey Lance's off season just to like go all in on Brock and then bring a veteran and do it. But that completely changed when the, the injury happened. Yeah. You could also treat it the way the Packers have with Jordan love or, you know, I mean, Jordan might be their starter, but Hey, whatever. He's not that expensive. Let's keep him around. Maybe we can turn him into a, you know, he is our guy and he's our backup quarterback right now. Like it could be worse a backup quarterback. Like, let's just say, and again, this sounds like sour grapes too, because it's not an option. But it, hypothetically, they had beat the Eagles and then they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, would you be behind them trading Trey Lance just to like make it easier seconds. on Purdy? What for five second round picks? <laughs> Which in the NBA, that's like <laughs> six sevens. Uh, yeah, I I'd be open to it, but to me, it would still be like, well, are you you're telling me that Trey Lance really helped Brock this year? Like Trey was a really good teammate, right? Trey's talented. He is expensive for a backup quarterback if he's your backup quarterback. But I wouldn't just, you know, like, what are my other options here? Okay, is Andy Dalton a little – would that be a better option? Would McCoy be a better option? I I, I would still – if that was the situation and you tell me Trey was a great teammate and helped Brock, I'd be inclined to keep him around. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean unless you told me you're getting a second-round pick for him. then I, would I guess the him. difference, you remember, like, when Belichick cut Cam to sign – uh, you know, when Mac won the job, there's different elements when they're both young guys and they both like each other. Like ultimately one guy's super famous. There are just variables here that don't exist. He's with- just so young. I would just be open to the possibility that he surprises you. Yeah. You know, like ultimately I- the Warriors traded James Wiseman. Clearly they don't think he's very good, but there's like next year he's going to make $12 million. Right. And relative to the their tax bill, it was really high. It was like financially, it made zero sense. Like financially, there is it makes zero sense to get rid of Trey. If they had won the Super Bowl, if they hadn't won the Super Bowl, like where they're sitting now, like he's cheap. They've already paid the bonus, right? Like that money on the cap, like that, that's hitting the cap no matter what. So it it actually, unless someone blows you away with a pick, it's like, well, fuck, they gave us two seconds if you do the math. We're actually probably we net out, especially if we hit on one of the two guys. You know, we we might actually make money in this transaction. That is not the case. It would it would only be a negative if we get rid of this guy because we've already paid the money. And and when you just the way they look at it, you just combine him and Brock's salary. It's like our quarterback room is under ten million bucks, right? Yeah, they'd be better off if there was some world where. Like they could send Trey to the G League and have him get a bunch of snaps, you know. What, what I what I just find fascinating, <clears throat> and his name's going to come up. I mean, a shitload in the next month is I don't see how you could pay Jimmy Garoppolo and feel good about him staying playing all season long. You know, given because because you got to pay him like even if the number was twenty million dollars, like that's 
that's a really, really expensive bridge quarterback. You know, like sometimes, you know, you see like down in Old Town Scottsdale, there are these nice condos. Well, the penthouse condo at this place is really expensive. You know, it's like downtown San Francisco, that one Joe Montana had that kind of leaned to the side. It's like, well, if I'm downtown Old Town Scottsdale or, 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 you know, in the marina or in fucking Manhattan, there are certain areas, I don't mind paying a premium for the condo. But like, there are certain areas like, I'm sorry, this is way overpriced. Like, ultimately, I know Jimmy Garoppolo is not like premium real estate. So the price to me has to factor in. I, he is going to be the most just fascinating. I, I am... I'm going to be able to, you could convince me of a lot of different angles with what's his contract. Like if yeah. you told me he got like one year, 14 million, but incentives can get it to 30, be like, that's probably smart. If you tell me someone gives him like two years, 45 million, I'm like, that's kind of insane. Quarterback market is like the last drops of gas in the Mojave desert. You know, but but the, here's the thing though, guy, it's pretty consistent when you're paying like the Glennons. I, I know Jimmy's better than that, but like in that stratosphere, it kind of is what it is, you know, like you, you can't like the best case scenario probably isn't even that great. Yeah. But it's the, it's the old line. It's Ben Affleck's old line from the movie Argo where they're trying to get a bunch of uh, hostages out of Iran, him and Brian Cranston. And they take this idea to like bicycle a bunch of people over the border in the middle of winter. And they're like, is this the best idea you have? And Ben Affleck goes, sir, of all of our bad ideas, this is by far the best idea. And I think that's kind of the quarterback market. It's like, well, okay, let's say we don't spend 45 on Jimmy Garoppolo. Who's our quarterback then? Andy Dalton? Like, I've seen, say what you want, I've seen Jimmy in the NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but our team's not as good as the Niners, whoever I am. Yeah, I mean, but you might be, maybe thinking you can get there if you're, you know, let's say say it's Miami. And Mike McDaniel's just like, you know, I just know this guy like the back of my hand. And I got two just, guys that at any moment could get carted off the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to spend on your third stringer too. But Well, if I told you Jimmy Garoppolo went to Miami, what would the over-under you put on the quarterbacks carted off the field at? at if I gave you .5, are you taking the over? Yeah, so you're saying Tua <laughs> still is their quarterback? Or just whatever. Just those are their two quarterbacks. They'll compete and... They're both going to end up playing like, is a cart coming out from one of the two of them? A cart. Yeah, of course it is. I hate to say it, but absolutely it is. Right? How does Tua play next year without getting a concussion? Well, I, I, part of me doesn't, I don't know. Is he going to play? Fuck yeah, he's going to play. Like, the media wants him to quit and retire. He does not. Yeah. And what's Miami? They're just, they'll roll him out there. Sure, they're paying him. Yeah, so... The people that always want these people, especially with concussions, to stop, that's great. You could, th- But that individual does not agree with you. Like He's going to keep playing. That's and, a fact. But we've seen so many, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Montana, careers end by concussion, you know? What, but, but, like, should the NFL just have, like, four concussions, your career's over? Like, I, no, I think no, you no. would. It's a personal but, choice. Well, I know, but there's no right or wrong answer on it. You just know that the players will not stop. Yeah. Yeah. And the teams just roll like is it on the team? I mean, it's like, well, he knows the risk. Uh James Wiseman played in twenty five percent of the Warriors games played since he got drafted. He played in sixty of the two hundred and thirty three games that the Warriors played. Trey Lance has played in eight in two years. So like this was your three we're, we're for those who Wiseman got traded for a fifth for 
for five seconds, which I did not know was possible. And then and then the Warriors traded all five seconds to the Trailblazers for Gary Payton the second, who was just on their team. Incredible NBA trade. I Kyrie think he got it, traded. Durant got traded. For that. <clears throat> Russ got traded. D'Lo got sent back to the Lakers, who they who hated him. I don't. He got traded last night at like eleven thirty at night. I know. I got in this car. I'm waiting for my Uber, and there are like three or four people like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I'm like, what? Jack obviously gets traded to the Suns. Get in the car, dude driving, younger guy. Big Suns fan. And I'm like, bro, Kevin Durant just got traded. Maria doesn't care. He's like, tell me they didn't put bridges in the trade. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I didn't even know the trade. So I just went and I told him. He's like, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I it's one of those. Very interested in the NBA season last night because now it's like, to me, the story. I don't, I don't know what your number one. He is hurt, guy. My number one storyline is, is Kevin Durant. Like, if the Suns don't win the championship, it's going to feel messy, right? He's injured. He hasn't played in forever. Like it's, I, I think this is the problem with the still NBA. Call, still calling the shots though. <laughs> we just talk about it. He's literally been hurt. We Could haven't he get seen him in a suddenly? long time. Could what? Could he get healthy suddenly now that he's been traded? But I mean, he legitimately didn't. The guy fall into his knee or something? Didn't he have a curry? I, I think he's been been out with a knee for like a month. My favorite was the quotes of Kyrie. Like I knew. I knew very early in the first year, like, this wasn't going to work out. And everyone's like, Kyrie, you were just trying to get an extension four days ago. Guy, he said, I did my part. I left them in fourth place. <laughs> we're number four. We're number four. That's real I, I think it's it. There is never. Will Ferrell's movie. I think it happens a lot in, like, f- college football and college basketball for, like, the 24-7 diehards that follow, like, this is an all-time recruiting class, and then you look back two years in the team, like, what just happened with AM? Like, how's you just it was literally the greatest recruiting class ever, and they won like two games. Like that, that it happens in college sports all the time because how overrated stars can be. Guy, they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, and a year later, none of them were on the team. And they're all at different destinations. Yeah. Katie. It's a, it's it's a it's an all-time like. A lot of people are like, yeah, I don't know if this thing's going to work. And then you're like, oh, they're so good. It's basketball. Let's I remember watching them, and I was like, this is there. Remember I told you, I'm like, these guys are – I watched a game with all three of them. I'm like, these guys are winning the championship, man. They did not. Like a month ago, before Kevin got hurt, they had been 17-2 and two in like 19 games leading up to Kevin Durant. They were 17-2. and two. Like, it was rolling with just Kevin and Kyrie. What's your take on Kyrie? You know, the documentary – so they make him do all the tasks, right? To get to come back. Yeah, what Clearly, one of them. Did he do any like? Uh, yeah, you know, meet or anything. Yeah, some meet with a rabbi. Like Deshaun uh, Jackson. Didn't Deshaun Jackson go to, or did he just say he was going to do it? Yeah, he was supposed to meet Ed- Edelman in Israel or something. I don't know if he ever did. Uh, <laughs> the, the the agency that I, I deal with through the volume that runs it, uh, th- it's called Silver Tribe. Is the name of the? What do you think of that? Sounds like media of uh, Jews controlling the media. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's a strong, uh, obviously a lot, a lot of Jewish people, you know, led by Michael Klein, who left CAA to start it. And I, I was asking him last night how he thought of the uh, deal. Obviously, I was like, yeah, I know where the tribe comes from, but he had a yeah, long story. But I, I, Kyrie deleted the post of the apology. 
I guess his first Maverick practice, it started going viral that he had deleted like his long post. Like, I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first question he got asked as a member of the Mavericks after practice. Like, why did you delete the post? Yeah. Basically, like, what did he say? Uh, I stand by my apology. So I'm not taking that back, but I delete a lot of posts. Clearly, he never wanted to post it. I don't know. It's just those guys, man. I, 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 I truly believe the NBA has jumped the shark with the whole like this is. It's kind of and I listen. I it's the LeBron generation. In fairness to him, he's never demanded a trade. Like he's only left when he's been a free agent. Like he has never done any of this stuff, at all. But everyone's kind of followed his lead, but done it like ten times worse of like demanding. Didn't Kevin Durant just sign a five-year, like two hundred fifty million dollar contract last year? Part of like the Suns, I didn't quite realize this. He's under contract for the next four years. Like it's they just have Kevin Durant now on their team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people love the trade deadline as a story and being dramatic until you realize your best players can't get traded every year and have it keep mattering or every other year or trade change teams nonstop. And just it feels crazy and wild in the moment, but it 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 does cheapen your season and your sport. Well, I think people often argue like historically in the NBA baseball too i mean happens in football guys end up on three or four teams it typically to me happens like a star player at the end of their career like scotty pippen goes to a couple places right or whatever yeah kevin durant's been like in the prime of his career for 10 years he's been on like three different teams now he's going to his fourth like what are we doing here can you guys i don't know man it's just well i think it can't be good of players the illusion of players playing for their team and their fans is still valuable, even though everybody kind of knows that's not exactly how it works. That like most guys aren't going like, I wake up every day to do this for the faithful. Like we, we get that. That's kind of not every, you know, I think most fans kind of get it, but that's how you create a connection. Fans, teams, fans, teams, eight year olds, like players, whatever, but the people that spend the money root for teams, teams and they have to have a connection to the team and you know when well, like is, is, is Debo Samuel going to play for another team in his career 100% right but for like three or four in the peak of his powers he's going to be a 49er right and when you see Debo Samuel as a 49er fan you go that's my fucking guy when I'm a Chiefs fan whether I'm 10 years old or whether I'm 30 it's like Travis Kelsey's my guy and he's been my guy and there is this is what football has that basketball has definitely lost. When we were kids, it did feel like guys, the star players, took pride in their team. Obviously, they got paid a lot of money, but like Michael Jordan, the Bulls, David Robinson, and the Spurs. You know, it's just like they're the two guys in Utah, Gary Payton and the Sonics. Like it was just like this is my squad. It's it, Reggie Miller and the Pacers, and that's how football feels like. Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and Chris Jones are fucking the Chiefs, you know? It just, you know, in Seattle for a long time had like Russell and then, you know, some of like they, they just had the core group of guys. The 49ers, their core group of guys. The the Rams, their core group. Aaron Donald, like if I'm a Rams, Aaron Donald's been my guy. It just, and that's basketball has completely lost that. Well, which, think about all the guys that fans. Like is Zion Williams on the Pelicans in two years? Probably not, you know? Best for the NBA if he's not. 
That's that's actually unique. One hundred percent. But I just mean like better if he's on the Knicks. I guess if you had to put over under on Zion teams, it's probably like five. Uh, Gammon says sounded like Trey and Purdy learned more when Jimmy left for the rest of the season with an injury. <laughs> they could be more involved in the QB room versus note taking. I tried to ask Mike Silver last night. He was pretty intoxicated. And so we didn't really stay on topic, but he, he didn't think that the relation, he just like, cause I was like, John. Hate each other? <laughs> a lot of Davis talk, you know, <laughs> a lot of nostalgic about like North Davis, but yeah. it was more that kind of what we had talked about of just the situation this year when they brought it, it was just a little, it, it was a little NBA mercenary ish. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was very actually NBA-ish. When we saw Silver at Niners practice, it was a lot of Davis talk. Davis, California, where we're from. Yeah, Davis just immediately, you know, just... Center of the world, John. Center of the world. Uh, Derek Carr, destined for the AFC South, AFC South, uh, visited the Saints, where, you know, don't forget, I don't know if you've forgotten, Dennis, you know, you know, you know how many games Dennis Allen coached Derek Carr? Uh, well, the the football got buried pretty early in that season, so I, right. I'm pretty sure it was zero and four. Four, you're correct. But here's what I think is relevant: they did not draft Derek Carr to be their starting quarterback. The Raiders back in 2014, they signed Matt Schaub to a contract of eight million dollars guaranteed. It was a significant commitment to noodle arm Matt Schaub at the time, whose arm somehow got stronger again when he left the Raiders. Not that strong, but. Guy, I would have bet my life savings, which at the time in 14 was not very high, that Matt Schaub would have been out of the league the next year. I'm pretty I sure know. he played for like six more seasons. <laughs> but no one else signed him to be their starting quarterback was the difference. No. That's what the Raiders did. But he he did somehow bank like eight more million dollars over the course. But Derek, but you know, once upon a time, Dennis Allen made the decision not to go with Matt Schaub and to go with this rookie quarterback. So maybe there is some long-standing kind of desire there, some connection between Dennis and, and Derek. Uh, but anyway, that was the news of the last couple of days that, that Derek is visiting the Saints. Wouldn't you say that uh, Derek in a dome would make a lot of sense? Yeah. You know, I, Derek I mean, in a dome, I, I think would make sense. I, I wonder if, you know, part of the Saints just want to get aggressive just so they have them because there does feel like some of those teams in the South, Tampa needs a quarterback. They have one quarterback on the roster, Kyle Trask. I would imagine Frank religious guy you know this is kind of he's had a lot of like older veterans Derek to me 32 years old or 31 years old 33 years old is much more you feel you get four or five years playing I I would be shocked if the Carolina Panthers weren't interested like to me if he if he does play this out where he's cool with like getting cut I think all three of those teams are kind of bidding for his services and when you factor in weather I think they all kind of make some sense don't you not cold places you know I, I I, if I was a betting man, I would throw like a thousand dollars. He, if you told me he's cut, he ends up in the South. Do you think there's any hesitation to play for the Texans, given what happened with Dave, or is that twenty yeah. years ago and it doesn't matter? Because <clears throat> to me, the only hesitation is: will the fans? A, you might just not like the organization, but B, you might be afraid of being unfairly criticized, as if like all of the David Carr criticism, you pick up where that left off. But I think the D'Amico era actually makes it a pretty fresh start if Derek were to go there. The problem is they're just not set up to be a great team, a good team right now, whereas the Saints actually, 
you know, I, I think you'd be better off going there um, from a just let's try and win in 2023 standpoint. But, but, but haven't we seen enough of what? The Texans have the number two overall pick. When Andy got the job with the Chiefs, they had the number one overall pick. Like, yeah. couldn't you just say if he had free agency, we give him three years, $60 million, 40 guaranteed. And we just if, if they instead of the Houston Texans, like they were in the same situation, but were the Arizona Cardinals. Wouldn't you be like, I bet they'd be aggressive to try to get Derek. No one wants to suck in the NFL. Yeah. So what we're so we're listing a lot of reasons for him not to accept any trade and just be a free agent and let these teams try and figure it out with him. I you know, th- their family is you know, I would say uniquely close, the brothers, just given that they all share the same, like him and his brother play football in the NFL. It's like one yeah. thing, all of our families can be relatively close, but my brother's a farmer. Like I'm a podcaster, you know, you do this, your sister does this, your one brother's in finance. When you're both like you do share a commonality that like that's got to strengthen the bond to kind of another level. Like, yeah, we both played in the NFL at quarterback. I wonder if Derek, if we ask Derek, are your memories of Houston good or bad? Tough for his brother, but it was had to be an awesome time for him, right? Running around playing catch with Andre Johnson. When I got hired in Fresno, they had just moved back to Bakersfield. I remember, do you remember when Derek committed to Jim McElwain? I'm pretty sure he was still playing like his sophomore year in Texas. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't think he played all three years at Bakersfield Christian. If I remember correctly, it might have just been his senior year, but at most his junior and senior year. So he, the family moved out there. But like you said, what does D'Amico and Nick Casario have to do with 04 with the Texans, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the question would just be, how, how did you... It's it's the son of the owner, right? The Cal McNair, Bob McNair was the owner then. So did you feel like it was a good organization? Anyway, I there's just we're listing a lot of teams that... Why would Derek allow the Raiders to trade him at this point? Yeah, I would expect him... I mean, he's got six like he days. Just, the Saints could just be like, hey, bro... Here's what we'll pay you if you don't make us trade a third for you or a fourth or are they, I don't even know. Are you getting a third at this point, given that he doesn't have to accept anything? No. You know what I mean? Like he can be like, guys, don't trade a third for me. If they uh, trade a seventh, okay. A fifth. But I get a third round pick for him at this point. Uh, so, so I, Did you see the alert today? The Mets apparently have bought a Super Bowl commercial. Steve Cohen bought a Super Bowl commercial. <laughs> like meet the Mets? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I didn't see that. I just saw that I got an alert on my phone. Steve Cohen bought a Super Bowl commercial. Seven million bucks. I mean, he's he's spent seven million dollars worse ways. I guarantee it. Fuck yeah. So why not? That's, that's the commercial I want to see. That's the commercial I want to see. Um Oh, I just, I, this guy said, this is, I, I gave you guys five bucks and you didn't even address my question, but he was laughy emoji. I will say, you know, in, in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo and like Trey Lance learned more when Brock became the starter than when Jimmy was the starter. Some people are just, Jimmy, J- Jimmy, you didn't need to, not only did you not need to ask questions in the meeting room because it was about Jimmy, you probably slowed Jimmy down if you asked questions in the meeting room because Jimmy knew what he was doing. <clears throat> I think Trey even kind of alluded to that. Like there was, well, there wasn't much. It. <laughs> yeah, like, I had no purpose when Jimmy was the starter. He didn't say that, but that's basically what he was saying. Yeah. 
Get out of here, kid. Like, but yeah, you know, I don't need your help. And listen, th- there's a human element to this. Whether you're a quarterback, whether you're fucking watching this in your in your cubicle right now, or you're selling cars somewhere, when they bring the guy to replace you, we can be human beings. And hell, I can even actually kind of like you. There's a competitive angle <clears throat> to most ambitious, highly successful people, especially in industries like football, where it's like you're kind of always fighting for your gig. I wonder if this year, like Jimmy's like, I don't even need to fake it a little bit. Yeah. You know, like part part of like there's an element we all at point in time in our life have to fake certain things. And then you get to a point where some people just don't have to do that anymore. 99% of their life. Some of us have to do it 40% of our life. Some of us have to do it 90% of our life. Some of us have to do it close to zero. And I would say the moment Jimmy became the starter, what did he have to fake anything toward Trey? He knows it's a one-year deal, right? You're paying, you're not, I, I took a massive pay cut to do the same thing I did last year. It, it's very understandable how like, yeah, we're all good. But my teammates are cool with me, but I don't have to fake this relationship. Because if I, if, if well, I, if I, if I, not even fake, I would say could, couldn't even be like, I'm just not going, I'm not going the extra mile here. I got enough to do, right? Yeah, it could be that he likes him and treats him well, but I'm not going the extra mile. No, I, I'm assuming he does. But what if yeah. there's an element of like, hey, man, can I, uh, I, is it cool if I every Tuesday get you the second down pressures? I'll do that and do something to do. Like, no, actually, I like doing that, bro. I'm good. Yeah. Like, honestly, what if like, no, in my preparation, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't need you to do that. Which is fine, right? This is how I work. This is how I got here. Now, the question is, could it have helped you and you did it out of spite? That's where you kind of injure yourself if you're in that position, right? Where you don't actually like doing the second down pressures. You just say you do because you don't want to let that person help you. Uh, that's, you know, that's maturity. The, I, but I am, a, I'm just, I'm cool with the era being over. Go your several ways. Again. Over it was fun. Again. Yeah. 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 All right. On that note, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Later. Adios. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.